Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the PlayStation Nation SideQuest podcast, the podcast where we talk about anime, JRPGs, Star Trek sometimes, random stuff. I don't know. I'm one of your party members, Andy, and I'm joined by Wyatt. Hello, all. And uh, we're going to bring you some more uh, SideQuest goodness. How's it going, Wyatt? Good. Just, you know, waiting for that holiday shop, or holidays to roll around. Yep. I'm uh, doing this on Wednesday. We often do it on the weekend just because I'm going to be driving to Reno over this weekend. So <laughs> Nice. Um, episode might be a little bit late, but I guess people won't know that until it's actually out. So, Yeah. Anywho, I guess we can uh, jump right into our, our news. Surprising amount of news given it's December. I feel like December is normally pretty quiet. It's certainly been a quite on like the releases front. Like there's only been a little bit coming out, but I actually had a fair bit of news, um, partially from uh, PlayStation Experience. Uh, anyone who listens to both this and the main cast or anything that goes up in the feed would have heard Wyatt and I on the PSX podcast. I guess there was some news out of there. Do you remember what, what stuff they announced at the thing, Wyatt? I know we uh... saw Donut County and. I don't actually remember, because I know they repeated a lot of information. Yeah, some of it also <clears throat> came from the Game Awards, so like that yeah. the trailer for Death Stranding, which was weird. <laughs> yeah, that that was weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the throat baby and stuff. Yeah. Um I think like I know there was the Last Guardian VR, which is already out, that was announced there. Right. And Wipeout VR. Which, uh, didn't talk about it on the podcast, but I actually got to play that on Sunday. Um, we did our episode on Saturday, and then Wyatt wasn't there on Sunday, but uh, everyone else went to the show floor for a little bit on Sunday. I was there most of the day, and I actually got to head back into the press room, and they had uh, Wipeout VR, they had Firewall, they had uh, Detroit. So I actually ended up playing those three games back in the press area, and I was pleasantly surprised with Wipeout, like, I get a little bit VR sick occasionally, uh, especially if I play for more than, like, half an hour, 45 minutes, so I only did two races, so not really enough time, but uh, I actually didn't didn't get sick from either of the races that I did, even with, you know, kind of the speed and everything. That's good. Uh, I was playing it on a little bit slower speed on purpose, but... Yeah, did, how did it uh, feel compared to uh, Sprint Vector? <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously it's less tiring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would, uh, yeah, pump in your arms for that. It was kind of weird doing the cockpit view, though, because, like, I'm used to being able to see people behind me just a little bit, so, like, when a weapon is about to hit you, like, you get a little bit be- view behind you when you're in third person. And so I did the first race in first person in VR, which is cool sitting in the cockpit, but then you're like, oh, I can't see vehicles next to me and what whatnot. Um, but then the second race, you can actually still do third person in VR, so you're just kind of like floating behind the vehicle, and that was still pretty cool. I actually felt like that might have gotten me sick faster than being in the cockpit. I don't know. I was also on a little bit twistier track that time. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, of Sprint Factor, actually, so I went back on Sunday, and I decided I was going to try to go for the high score. Because on Saturday I did that I did a two minute ten seconds time, and the person who won the prize had a one fifty nine. 
So I went back first thing in the morning. I was the first person in line. Like they weren't even <laughs> finished setting up yet. <laughs> and I did it and I got a 190 or 157. And I was like, "Sweet. Yesterday's winner was 159. I could probably win." So, I went back a couple times. I was still at the top, still at the top. And then like an hour before I was going to leave, I stopped back one more time and someone had got like a 153. And I was like, "Damn it. <laughs> Yesterday I would have won with this time. Now someone's got to trump me." Yeah. Always oh, in second place, Andy. I know. Yeah. Yep. I mean, another VR game I actually played, but I think we ran out of time. I didn't talk about it, but uh, I was like, I got to try out uh, the Zone of the Enders VR remake. Oh, yeah. That was quite something. (laughs) Yes, it was. (laughs) Because, yeah, I mean, wow. Being inside of the cockpit view for, for that game was definitely different than the game is normally. Yeah, because that's normally a third-person mecha game. Yeah. I mean, most of them are, but... But yeah, it was it was really fun with the uh, the one mission they had. It was like, had you destroy these five ships? So it was like, when you, to destroy the ships, you summon this giant laser, basically. And so it's like, it was really yeah. great, because you were sitting in the cockpit, and it's just like, as you're like forming the uh, laser around the mech. Like, you can look around and see it all uh, spawning in and spinning up, and it was just really nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was another one that I, I almost didn't play it because I was afraid it was going to get me sick, but I ended up playing it and being all right. <laughs> they had that... I don't know if... Did you do any grab moves while you were in it? I don't, uh, I don't remember. I fought mostly at range on that one. Yeah. Because I think... When you use one of the grab moves, normally they would like kind of grab the enemy and swing them around. But in order to make it, you know, not a vomit comet, they <laughs> had like the mech spin around you, so you could like see the enemy spinning around the mech, but you're like still looking forward, which was kind of funny. But that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, an interesting actually thing about uh, producing nausea and stuff like that was uh, it's like because like watching the few people in front of us when we were in line was uh. Like every once in a while, the sides of the screen would just go black, and I was just like, "That's yeah. weird." <laughs> and so then I was like, you know, I asked the guy, and he's like, "Yeah, it's like when you're doing like high, really high speed movement and turning stuff, they've actually like dim like the sides on the screen, and you know, it's like it's noticeable to when you're watching it on like a the regular 2D TV with someone else playing it, but." Yeah, when I got all the VR headset on, it's like, you don't even notice it, because, yeah, it's like, when you're doing that fast motion, you aren't actually looking around as much, and you don't notice it, and it was really nice. Yeah, um, I guess it kind of depends on the degree that they do it with, because uh, Eagle Flight VR is one of the games I picked up for PSVR, and that game does that as well, but I think they do it a little bit too aggressively, um, so if you move to your head too much, or your body too much, or whatever... It'll do that kind of dimming on the the sides, dimming in the periphery, hmm. and in that game it's noticeable. I didn't notice it when I was playing the Zone of the Enders game either, except you know, obviously on the two D screen. But actually in the headset, I didn't didn't notice it. So I wonder if it's just a matter of like how much they they do that. Yeah, looks like they've got a good handle on it. Yeah. Well, continuing on the VR thing, well. I did get to play the Firewall on Saturday, on Sunday. I know that was one you were kind of interested in trying. 
Yeah, I was thinking about it, and I was just like, uh... Yeah, I didn't... It was like those reservations filled up instantaneously. <laughs> yeah. Well, fortunately, our uh, our media badge area, they had a few setups, and one of the times I went in there, they were... Uh, there was an open one, so I jumped in, and it's about kind of what you'd expect. Um, a very kind of realistic, I think it was 4v4 kind of shooter, where, you know, one team's got to get to uh, a spot and grab something and, not, you know, protect it for a few seconds while their teams kind of prevent them from doing that. So it's one of those kind of realistic, you really only take a few shots before you die kind of thing. But <laughs> our team, since we were sitting in that back area, there were usually less people playing it, so there were a couple of devs who were jumping in and taking <laughs> free spots. So, like, after the first game, uh, we're, like, sitting there waiting for everyone to join the lobby again. And the guy who was, like, watching my station leans in and he goes, ooh, the best player on the dev team is going to join you guys. So, like, <laughs> then we jumped in and he was kicking butt with us. But, yeah, it was pretty cool. Very very similar to Farpoint in terms of, like, you have the the gun and you can, you know, raise it up to kind of look down the scopes and whatnot. Nice. So that was pretty cool. Was there anything else on uh, Sunday that you didn't get to talk about that you wanted to? Uh, I mean... I guess the only other thing was that I think me and you we played uh, Brawlhalla for like a little bit. Oh yeah, that was the kind of Smash Brothers like game. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting to play that like play like a Smash rules on a PlayStation controller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seemed weird because it was felt like it was more item based than Smash. Not really items, but like whenever you picked up an item, it would turn into a weapon. And I feel like most of the characters just had, like, a normal punch and kick, but you were supposed to grab a weapon and start using one of the weapons. Yeah, it was something, like, each character has, like, two different weapon types that's, like, when you pick up this, like, items that drop, it it turns into one of the two weapon types that that character uses. Yeah. So, and I mean, it's just, like, I think me and you just, like, jumped in without really, like, looking at controls or too much of anything, and... I like doing that every now and then again for some things. Just like just raw experience, see what's like, try stuff out. Yeah, just kind of picking the characters that look cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I didn't play a whole lot on Sunday actually. Like other than that little bit in the media room, and then uh, Josh and I got on this kick where we decided we were just gonna go around and try to get all the cards we could get. <laughs> Um, and then they had those, like, scanning stations, so we were trying to get a bunch of the scans, too. So we did that for quite a while. Nice. It was kind of fun. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Really wanted those cards. So, yeah, Josh Josh really wanted those cards. I guess I, I helped out, too, because we were going everywhere and trying to get a bunch of them. Unfortunately, they really didn't have, like, a list of everywhere that had cards that I could find. So it was just kind of like, well, I think there was a God of War card, and then... We didn't end up fighting one there or whatever. But but yeah, if you want more PSX news, go listen to the last podcast. What yeah. else we got for news, Wyatt? Uh, let's see here. There's also... Uh, I saw there at PSX there was the uh, Gungrave VR station, and apparently oh, yeah. they are also making a regular Gungrave game after the VR game. So, surprise? Because <laughs> I sure am. Yeah. Like, that franchise has been 
not around for a while, right? Yeah, I mean, that was a PS2-era game. It was, like, non-existent for the, the entire PS3 lifetime, right? And now two games? <laughs> yeah. In a very short period of time? That's really weird. But yeah, new Gungrave. For- Gungrave Gore, or G.O.R.E. It doesn't seem like doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of information on it yet, other than it's just just a new game coming. Yeah, I mean, I, the VR game's not even out yet, right? So no, but they had it at PSX. You could play it there. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's like I think we'll get more after that gets launched officially. Yeah, possibly. Oh, I see. And here says the VR one's a prequel to this other game. Yeah, so. Probably more information later, but and then uh, one bit of news that was uh, just a little bit after the other we recorded the other episode, but they announced that uh, Valkyrie Chronicles Four is coming out. So and happy! I had to get new pants <laughs> because anyone who's listened to a lot of the episodes knows that I love the Valkyrie Chronicles series, and Valkyrie Revolution didn't really do it for me. So to hear that they're going back to the gameplay and the universe of Chronicles, I cannot wait. Yeah, I, I love the first game too. I just I didn't necessarily get into the second game as much, and the third game being Japan only, I never got around to playing. But yeah, still love the first game, and I'm definitely waiting on four. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I played the second game, and I actually put in over 100 hours in that game like 120 or something like I I actually enjoyed that one a lot it, it was obviously a bit of a pare down from the PS3 but the fact that they kind of had like more randomly generated missions meant that there was a little bit more content because the first game basically had like 18 maps and each map had like one mission and that was about it But um, and then 3 was actually the reason I put custom firmware on my PSP <laughs> Because I imported it, and then a, there was a fan patch that came out to put in a translation. So I did that. So I played through most of that with the fan translation. Yeah, I was considering doing something like that, but I never got around to it. And I mean, with two, it was a combination of it's the military school setting was. I mean, it's not. It's not like it completely turned me off, but it wasn't thrilling me as much. Combined with mm-hmm. the map size restrictions, because PSP was not great for me, because I love playing with scouts, and it's just like, well, now that these maps are smaller and split up, scouts aren't as nearly as great as they used to be. Well, admittedly, they were, like, completely OP in the first game. <laughs> yeah. Like, when you go in and you look at strategies to do A ranks on all the missions, it's like... Basically, power up Alicia and run her straight through the enemies until you get to the end point and capture it. Okay, next mission. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, like, that was the other thing, was getting ranks was also just purely based off of how fast you completed a map. It didn't have anything to do with how many you killed, so... Yeah, Which, yeah that was kind of weird. I think they actually mentioned in the stuff before that they were going to make adjustments for that so that you can't just rush the checkpoint to get an A rank. Yeah, I think Valkyrie Revolution actually kind of did that, where 
it was a combination of time and enemies. Um, I don't recall now, but I think they gave you a specific rank on both of those, and then there was some, you know, factor of each of those went into your overall rank. Yeah. All right. What what's next? Uh, let's see here. Oh, um, so it's like. Previous episode, a couple of episodes, we announced Noctis and new stuff. Well, I mean, it's not Noctis, but hey, uh, there's 15 stuff in Assassin's Creed Origin now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I think the biggest thing is like now you can get a Chocobo to ride around on in Origins. So that's, yeah, keep, keep announcing 15 crossover stuff <laughs> in this. Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. Yeah, that was a very weird crossover. Putting Chocobos in Assassin's Creed. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it's a follow-up to when they put Assassin's Creed in Final Fantasy 15 earlier in the year. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And then, uh, well, we got a, some good news as far as Persona 5. Uh, they announced a couple weeks ago that Persona 5 has now sold over 2 million units, which is very good for the series, as I understand. Yeah. Like, I th- think even Persona 4 with the remake was less than that. Yeah, that, that sounds good. I, I don't ever remember sales numbers on stuff, but, uh, yeah, Persona 3 er, definitely did, I don't, was a lot more cult status, so it's like, with four and five, it seems to definitely be increasing its audience. Yeah. Five especially. It's been on a lot of lists for, like, Game of the Year, and even the the Game Awards, it was nominated for that. But on the sad side of news, they announced that the Demon's Souls servers are going to close in 2018, which is kind of unfortunate. Makes me want to go back and play some more of that game. Ah, Demon's Souls. Yeah, I, I remember playing that and I was just like, I remember, I was just like, wait, hey, they announced something called Dark Souls. I'm like, wait, is, what is that? And I'm just like, that looks familiar. And it's like, oh, okay. So they, they wanted to make the series multi-platform. Got it. Needed to change the name. Yeah. Well, and I think Sony owns the IP for Demon Souls. So that's why they couldn't really make it yeah. multi-platform. And they wanted to move to something new. I don't know. Yeah, I remember. But yeah, it's kind of unfortunate that those servers are closing. Like, everyone keeps hoping that they'll do, like, a remake for PS4. Hmm. Yeah, I remember after playing Dark Souls for a while, I was just like, you know, I should, I want to hop back into Demon Souls and maybe try to get a couple of the trophies I didn't get. And I'm just like, oh, right, this combat is, like, one, <laughs> one blocked one hit, and I'm like, oh, there goes half my stamina. That uh, That's a lot more than I remember in Demon Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that stinks about it, the server's going down, is there's that one boss. It's not going to be quite as fun. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to... Well, I'd say I don't want to spoil it, but I guess if it's only going to be around for a little bit longer. But basically, one of the bosses in the game can summon other players in place of himself. So, like, you get into the boss room and you're like, holy shit, this is actually another player. And, like, you don't even know it until partway through or whatever. I think it doesn't tell you until the end or something. I don't know, it's been a while. but Yeah, I don't remember exactly. But yeah, I mean, you, there were times you could definitely tell that was not a AI movement. Yeah. So I, the game should still be playable without the servers. It just, you won't be able to do the, the couple of online 
components like calling for help or fighting off enemies or whatever. And also in bad news, uh, Nino Cooney got delayed to March. So yeah. we were talking about uh, it coming right out around the same time as Monster Hunter, but and Monster Hunter may be getting delayed, which I don't think ended up happening. I think that was just a rumor that was incorrect, but this one is definitely true. Yeah, so... Hey, you got time for Monster Hunter now. <laughs> yeah, I guess I do. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like they're <laughs> talking in that other podcast. Like, so much coming out in that uh, 2018 window. <laughs> Spring 2018. <laughs> yeah. I'm sad that he didn't put that as the name. Like, we were joking about it, but I don't think he ended up using it as the name. Uh, let's see. In terms of other new remakes... uh Catherine's getting a remake. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. That was... I was very excited to see that, too. Yeah. So, this is, uh... It's like, it's the first game redone, as well as additional content into it. It's like, there's actually a third Catherine named Rin. <laughs> and I think the biggest thing is that they saw all the people playing Catherine at, like, Evo and fighting game tournaments... And they are now putting in online mode for the versus, which is kind of funny. Like, they even specifically said, we saw there was a lot of action for this in the international community, so we're giving you guys online. It's like, wow. That's... Gamers actually, you know, got something done. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was one of my uh, favorite PS3 games. Just a kind of fun story, and the gameplay was really cool. Yeah, I always wanted to go back and get the platinum, but those randomized towers are really tough. Yeah, you got to make some platinums difficult to get. <laughs> That's true. Well, and then uh, uh, another game coming to v- uh, PSVR is called uh, Project Lux, which came out. I think it already came out on PC, but uh, the interesting thing about this game is it's actually written by the writer of uh, Spice and Wolf, which is a series that I really enjoy. So I was kind of interested in in taking a look at this. Um, I guess it's kind of like some futuristic world where you are playing... uh, You're like, there's someone on trial who... Oh, there was like... There was a person who was killed and their consciousness kind of got uploaded in someone else's brain into like this cyber being. So you're basically running this trial... And going through the memories of this person that's in this cyber brain, so it sounds really kind of interesting, and um, I'm curious how it'll how it'll exactly play. But it sounds like it's more story based than uh, gameplay based, which I guess kind of makes sense when they're getting a big name writer like Isuna to write it. Yeah. So is it just going to be mostly just looking around and clicking on stuff and picking dialogue? It sounds like. I think so. The, all it says is that it's more story-oriented work as opposed to, uh, like, gameplay or whatever. So I would guess it's something like that where maybe you're looking for clues or interacting with people or whatever. Yeah, sounds interesting. Nice sci-fi stuff. What else we got? Anything else news-wise? Uh, let's see. I think or the uh, My Hero Academy is getting a game, as well as also confirmed a new season, thankfully. 
I figured you'd be pretty excited for that. Yep, yeah, can't wait. <laughs> so I haven't actually looked into the game too much, so it's when anime gets games, it can be definitely hit or miss. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of that like typical anime game release that's like mediocre, mostly just there as fan service. Yeah, I mean, it's like I think a lot of games I'm seeing it's sometimes like just more like a visual novel, not actual gameplay. But like this has like heroes in it, so hoping there's yeah. Some I think good I saw the gameplay that. I think I saw that it'll actually be an action game of some kind. So hopefully that'll end up being good. And then uh, I think our last news story on here. Um, anybody who's excited for Dragon Ball Fighters, Fighter Z. <laughs> Um, it's coming out at the end of January, but there's going to be an open beta in January. I think sometime near the middle of the month. Um, it's going to be pretty short. I think it's only like two or three days, and then you get like an extra day if you've pre-ordered it or whatever. But uh, that's pretty exciting. I know that's one of my most anticipated games at the moment. Yeah. That's... Speaking of anime adaptations, <laughs> but this one actually looks amazing, and it's made by Arc System Works, so... yeah. I remember uh, the previous beta I didn't get into, so it'll be nice to try this out. Yeah, I was very sad I didn't get into that one either. Well, uh, I guess we don't really have any feedback or anything, uh, so why don't we move on to what we're playing. You want to start? Uh, yeah. I I mean, I haven't actually been playing too much new stuff. But, uh, yeah, me either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Biggest thing, I guess, was that uh, I mentioned in the last one that I'd like started getting back into Horizon Zero Dawn, and uh, I oh yeah I uh, beaten the main story now. So uh, yeah, it was really fun game. I mean, especially as also as I commented, as I was like starting to get used to actually like using all of my inventory instead of hoarding it because I do that so much. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like yeah yeah it's like you know it's great using all the different arrows and traps and stuff. It's just makes some really great fights, and uh, yeah, what <laughs> what ended up being the uh, what Zero Dawn was was um, wow. <laughs> I kind of had an idea that it might be something like that, but it was definitely more involved than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, it was the lead up to it, and it's like how they kind of strung you along was nice, and it was just. It's funny because it's like sort of the opposite of kind of how open world games go because it was the story was good enough that I just sort of just kept going past like all the open world stuff. I was like, I just want to get to the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I did the same thing. Yeah, so I mean that was fun and considering the DLC still. It's good. It's basically now just another chunk of Horizon with uh, some extra story in it. Um, the one weird thing is since it takes place before the end of the game, there's one or two things where they, like, Aloy will ask a question. You're like, wait, we already know the answer to that because they kind of explained it after, you know, during the ending of the actual game. And it's like, okay, well, whatever. Yeah, that's always but, the weird part. It's like DLC for open world games that can't take place after you beat it. That's open world games yeah, for you. Yeah. And 
course, you know, some new enemy types in the DLC and stronger versions of the old enemies and stuff. So, I think it's worth checking out if you liked the base game. Yeah. At this point, it's more of, like, making sure I have the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of DLC, uh, Destiny 2's uh, first DLC pack came out, the Curse of Osiris. Yep. And, uh... Wow, did that uh, spark a lot of discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. I, I, I'll just talk about at least that it's just like, I, for what story was there, I enjoyed some of it, or, or I enjoyed it, wish there was more, wish we found out a little more on the Vex, but, it, yeah, it's, I enjoyed it at least, as well as the new raid layer that they came out with is... It's short, but some of the most of the encounters are actually really well done, and it's really fun to play. I'm sad that I still haven't gotten a chance to do that yet. <laughs> I just I keep being busy whenever people get together to do it. Yeah, it's funny. I've for Destiny raids, I was like never like, hey, I'm gonna. I've never been one to try to like get like the world first clear or play it on launch, but it, it's funny because it ended up happening that it was like. I took Friday that Friday off because I was going down for PSX, and it just so happens like, hey, that's the same day the raid layer comes out. <laughs> so yeah, so I actually joined up with um, uh, Destiny Dave, yeah, Dave and uh, Palmer to uh, oh yeah play to try the do the uh, raid one at first launched. But yeah, it's like, we got all the way to the final boss, but then it's like, I had to leave to head down to PSX. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I can't remember if how, how soon they managed to clear it afterwards. I think it took a few days. Yeah. I hear that, that the boss in that was a little bit tough. Yeah, it uh, requires a lot of coordination. As well as also, okay. I think... It's like, yeah, you can start the raid without having to, without needing to increase your power level too much, but once you get to the final boss, it you really need some higher power level to reliably DPS him. That's kind of how a lot of the raids are. Like, the earlier encounters tend to be lower level, and they yeah. ramp up there as you get to the boss. Which is nice, because then you can at least get some drops from the encounters as the... T- uh, as you lead up to the final boss. That's the weird thing about the Destiny 2 raid, though, is that you can get a few drops, but you also get a lot of those coins that you can't spend until you actually beat the raid. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is a little bit, like, antithesis of what they were, were trying to go with it, but I don't know. Yeah, that was at least for the first raid, which I think they actually, in a patch note, they said that it's like, hey, this guy is available to you now even if you haven't beaten the raid. But oh, really? as, as okay. I beat the raid on all three of my characters, it's not like I would have noticed, so... Well, I still haven't made my Warlock, so I guess I will find out if that's true or not. Yeah, as well as, I mean... <laughs> if, the, if I ever do that. <laughs> this is also kind of one of the problems, is that the new raid layer still gives you the same tokens as the first raid, as well as the vendor doesn't change and doesn't give you new drops from the new raid and yeah it's Aww, very disappointing that I mean uh, 
<laughs> I could talk about their whole token system and everything, but I don't know that I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, it, like you said, it's been a pretty volatile community recently. There are a lot of people who are very, very, very upset. Some people who are just kind of upset, and some people who are... I guess there's a few people who like it. Yeah, I mean... It's like Destiny 2. It's just... Pl- I play it with friends. That's how it's fun. I, I yeah. just... I, I tried playing a couple... Um, like, looking for group games, and it didn't... wasn't as great. Yeah. Well, I guess the one thing that people didn't like about the expansion is that there wasn't a whole lot of content, but I feel like they kind of were spacing it out because there was the pa- the patch that had the destiny the new content, and then like a week later there was the patch that had like the masterwork stuff, and then just a couple days ago they launched the dawning stuff. So it's like I think they learned from when Destiny Two itself launched, they didn't have enough of the stuff kind of spaced out. And so whenever, you know, they kind of had a lot of drop-off of players, and I think they're trying to keep people around a little bit longer, have reasons for people to check back in every week. Yeah, I mean, I think that was more... I'm not sure if... It's weird, because, like, I think Mass... I don't even know if Masterwork Weapons was, like, planned, or just sort of, like, we need to think of something to give endgame players more to do, and it's just, like, we can't get this out on patch day of the DLC, but we can get it out, like, in next in a week. Yeah, maybe that's true. Yeah, it's... Ah, <laughs> oh, such a mess. <laughs> and then, um... Yeah, it's... <laughs> I, I, it's funny, because, like, I could have played this at PSX, but I actually ended up playing the Monster Hunter beta at home, because the line for it <laughs> at PSX was so long. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Monster Hunter World is very nice in that beta. It was, felt like regular Monster Hunter. It's like, yeah, the Greatsword felt really nice to use again. It's like, actually get like three different charge attacks. So it's like, can really dish out the damage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's also nice that, yeah, playing that whole like open world or open maps, really, now you don't actually have zone loading screens between transferring zones in the map. And, uh, did you manage to get to play it? Yeah, I did. What'd you think? Um, I I definitely liked how it controlled and played. Um, my only real complaint is that they had these big old maps, and I felt like I was so pressed for time I couldn't really explore them. Uh, yeah, I can see that. So I don't I don't know if it's if that's just how they had it for the beta or if the main game will also have you know like a twenty minute timer, but like so there there were three missions and on the second one, one of the times on my way to the guy that I was supposed to kill I kind of got involved in combat with some other guys and I was like oh, I fought them for a little bit and then once I had killed them then I moved on to the main boss and then I ended up running out of time to fight him like I got him down to where he was limping and the timer ran out and I was like well shit you know. Do I just have to ignore everything except for the boss of the, you know, that area? It was kind of a little bit annoying, I thought. Yeah, that's just something for the beta, because I think I also remember hearing this as sort of repurposed, like, press demo stuff, too, and that, like, in the okay. in the main game, at least I'm pretty sure, like, all the previous games, the, you do have a time limit, but it's 50 minutes, not 20. 
Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's purely for the demo that the time limit was short. Um, mm-hmm. As well as it's like also they mentioned that it was just for the demo that you had to use really convoluted stuff to create player groups with those the codes they had you use. Which, oh yeah, I ended up not doing any of the online because I, since I was at PSX, I only really got to play it that one day, and I was just like, all right, I'm gonna hop on, play a couple, and then I had to like go do something. I don't remember. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah they they said that that's not gonna be the case for the main game. It was just the beta, which thank God. <laughs> okay, well if that's the case, then that's definitely a lot better. It also didn't help when I didn't beat the guy in time. I was playing the bow. And I feel like that was more of a support kind of weapon set than a damage dealing weapon set. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're playing in a group, you can kind of do that. But also, it's like I'm pretty sure it's like you can see every, you can solo everything with any weapon. Yeah. Probably. It's like knowing yeah. the crazy. Well, like obviously, like I. S- yeah, it's just the crazy things you can see people do if you watch some of those videos. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I got him down to where he was limping. It was just, compared to a couple of the other weapons, the bow wasn't doing a whole lot of damage. And it seemed like there was a different, like, different ammo types I could switch into that would do different effects. So I was like, oh, maybe I'm supposed to be more of, like, a support with this, you know, helping out a group when I'm playing online, as opposed to oh. doing it, you know, solo. I don't know. Wait, were you using the bow or the bow gun? Uh... I thought it was just a regular bow? I don't okay. remember. Yeah, it's just... I mean, it's just might just be me with the thinking the terminology of the game. It's just like, yeah, the, the bow gun uses ammo and the regular bow, it's like, it's kind, it's technically ammo, but it's more like coatings that you're coating your arrows with instead of like a ammo you're loading a bow gun with. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I think it was the coatings then. Yeah, because yeah, it's using the like, right coatings is definitely how you deal the right like maximize your damage and stuff, so if you weren't 100% on using them, it might have definitely reduced your damage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. I liked how it played. Yeah. I've, myself, I've, like, never really touched a ranged weapon in that game too much, because I've... You know, playing on portables, I've never really been able to adjust the camera too well with them, but, um... On the PS4 now, I yeah, I didn't get as much time with the beta, so I didn't try a ranged weapon, but I will give one a shot once the game comes out. But yeah, other than that, I've, I've mostly been with Greatsword, and yeah, love that Greatsword. <laughs> um, Is that it? Yeah. Been playing anything else? I mean, I'm playing 14, but there's not really much in there that I've that's new. <laughs> You're playing something on the, the Switch, right? That that Switch thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did pick up uh, the new Xenoblade Chronicles. How was that? Um, polarizing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, main character can get very annoying <laughs> at times, but. Combat is, uh, when you, when you first start out, combat's pretty slow, cause you have to build stuff up, but, uh, once you get far enough, you get enough options, combat can actually have a nice flow to it, and you can feel really great when you get stuff off. Um, 
but yeah, the story, there are some interesting parts to the story, but then you have, like, anime protagonist stuff that the main character does, and then it gets not as great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it sounded to me like the story is very Tales of. It's like the generic is generic anime Tales of stuff. But that was just my impression from watching a couple videos. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not as far into it right away, but, uh, or Mm -hmm. right now, but, yeah, I mean, hopefully it can, as I said, there, there are some story beats that are interesting and there's, you know, it's like, hey, these characters definitely know something that they're not telling you and I wish they would, but. Well, um, so I've been playing, obviously I played the Monster Hunter World beta and talked about that. And then, as usual, playing DJ Max Respect. Um, in fact, just before we started recording, the new DLC dropped. <laughs> so I downloaded that, and I played like two songs before we started recording. <laughs> nice. And then, still been playing uh, Knights of Azure 2. I finished up my review of that just a few days ago. Um, definitely didn't enjoy it as much as the first game. It's It's okay, but uh, the way they kind of rehashed a lot of the same story beats and the unique parts from the combat were taken out to make it a little bit more generic so it's still an okay game I just I liked the first one more and then I've been playing a bunch of uh, Valhalla as well which is that cyberpunk bartending game and that's been really fun I've been really enjoying that so obviously there's not a whole lot of gameplay to it because it's basically just you know someone asks for a drink you can make a drink Sometimes they'll ask you for, like, a type of drink, and you have to figure out what you think they would like. Um, and other times, you know, sometimes you're deciding, like, how much alcohol to put in the drink or whatever, which can kind of change how the story goes. But the story itself has been really cool, and the characters are all pretty endearing. Some of them are obviously meant to be grating, but the main character is really cool, and um, some of the regulars that come into the, the bar are pretty cool. So that's been... Uh, Mostly what I've been playing. I haven't been playing a whole lot of video games recently. Just everything's kind of going on at work and whatnot. With traveling to PSX and playing card games and whatever. The uh, One of my most anticipated Magic expansions came out recently, <laughs> which is uh, Unstable. And it's actually kind of like a joke set in that it's a set they can do stuff they can't do in normal cards so it's not tournament legal but it's been really fun I played that a few times already really enjoyed that but that's about it for what I've been playing so I guess we will take a quick break and come back with uh, what we're watching and anime of the month and stuff back with the second half of the podcast and I guess we'll start with what what we're watching and uh, I'll go first this time so um, mostly watching the same stuff as last episode still kind of just watching the weekly shows Um, 
pretty much everything's been pretty good. Although, I talked last time about recovery of an MMO junkie, which even made it into the title last time. And uh, that one's been really good. I've really been enjoying that show. It's been consistently good every week. Um, the two main characters are very appealing, and I like the way that they're interacting. And the way they're taking their story is... Every once in a while, they have one of those, like, goddammit moments where they pull, like, an animeism. And you're like, you know, you expect them to, you know, say something and they, they like, don't. And you're like, goddammit. And then usually they'll end up redeeming it, like, a few scenes later. It's like, oh, okay. Now now you're okay. But, um, and then one other show I've been watching this season I didn't talk about last time. It's called Blend S. Uh, this is a, a comedy about this girl who has supposedly a very scary look on her face and she ends up working at a cafe where all of the waitresses have like a personality that they play and so she ends up playing the sadistic character which she ends up doing mostly unintentionally like she'll accidentally drop food on someone and instead of like immediately apologizing she'll you know be in the wrong mind space or whatever and she'll uh say something that sounds sadistic to them. And so that's kind of like the running gag of the show. But no, there's obviously more to it than that because there's a bunch of other waitresses that all have their own quirks and whatnot. But it's it's a pretty amusing show. Uh, it's got the, the meme opening of the season, if anyone's seen. I've seen a lot of them on Twitter. Um, but the opening has like the five main characters and they each have like a, a word that starts with an S. And so it'll be like, they'll do the beginning of that and then the meme is to then cut to something else that starts with an S. Here I'm explaining memes. <laughs> I can only imagine what the internet has done with that. Yeah, there's been some pretty pretty amusing <laughs> ones and other ones that are like, okay, whatever. But it's kind of funny because of that meme, because I've seen so many of those, when I actually watch the episode and it gets to that point where it usually cuts to something else, I always expect it to cut to something else and then it, the song keeps playing and I'm like, wait, what? Oh, right, this is... Just the actual anime. <laughs> um, and then, a couple weeks ago, I got in... Actually, I think I got it back during the summer, and I just didn't sit down and watch it. But I got my Blu-ray of Log Horizon. Uh, so this was um, very much a dot hack like show. <laughs> um, and they had a sale recently on the complete season. So there were two seasons that were each, like... 24, 25 episodes, so there was a lot of it. And they originally wanted, like, way too much, and I didn't feel like buying it. But then, when it was cheap, I picked up the whole the whole collection. So I, I spent the last couple of weeks watching all through that. Um, it's one of those, like, MMO shows, except in this case, everyone kind of gets transported to the MMO, and they don't know exactly why. So it's not like they go into the MMO, like, sort out online. In this case... They're, like, physically there, and no one's quite sure how they got there or how to go back or whatever. Um, and the interesting thing about the show compared to, like, Sword Art is that they really go a little bit more heavy on kind of the societal and the personal, like, ramifications. So, like, at the beginning of the show, a lot of people are understandably kind of upset because it's like, okay, they're not you know, at home anymore. They're away from the people they care about, and a lot of people are depressed. And on top of that, like, the food doesn't taste like anything, so... And you don't really need to do anything all day, because 
you know, you get enough gold from, like, beating a low-level monster to sustain yourself. So, like, a lot of people are in, like, this funk. And so, like, one of the first arcs in the show is the main character kind of forming a society within the game, which is kind of interesting. Um, I The only thing that I really have a complaint about the show is that the, play, the pace can be kind of glacial at times, uh, especially in the second season. Um, there's two arcs at the very beginning that are very slow, and because they happen concurrently, occasionally they'll show, like, scenes multiple times, which is a little bit annoying. And then, like, the second arc of the, um, or, like, I guess the third arc of the second season is also kind of long and one of the not quite as interesting until the very end. So, occasionally the show gets really slow, but they also do a lot of foreshadowing, which makes it all the more annoying that there's only two seasons and there's unlikely to be a third at the moment. Yeah, the oh god, the the this uh, the news behind this series is weird. <laughs> yeah, the the guy who yeah, I mean the guy who wrote the source material got arrested for uh, they thought he was evading taxes or whatever. Yeah, it's like yeah, he got arrested for apparently evading taxes, but now I think it was recent news came out that he might not have been doing that intentionally. He just sort of screwed up. <laughs> yeah. Which it's like okay, so maybe he'll just be able to pay it and get out. But then the other problem with that is though is that oddly enough, <laughs> it's like I think a lot of Westerners might not realize this, but Log Horizon actually airs on a government-run channel. Yeah. In Japan. And even if he just sort of did this tax thing by mistake, it might have not have great relations with the government, so it might not be going back on that channel. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, it's weird to say. And I mean, it's even weird, it's like with season two also, it was like it actually changed studios. I don't remember who did season one, but uh, you definitely remember who did season two, because it was Studio Dean. <laughs> They yeah. are uh, Good old not, don't have the Dean. best reputation. Well, and it was one of those kind of th- those things like watching it all in you know over the course of three weeks or whatever two two weeks is you kind of notice the change. It's like oh now everyone's face looks slightly different, and then they'll do a flashback yeah. to the first season. And you're like yeah it's definitely different, <laughs> especially Shiro. Yeah. Like they changed the way his eyes were. It was it was pretty noticeable. Yeah, one of the other changes like. One of the, like the reason actually it changed studios was because the person behind the series, the um, the first season actually like, um, I'm sure the right word to say it's like they they changed the story a little bit like not not a lot but just sort of the pacing or whatever of like what it was in the original light novels I think mm-hmm. so that it actually better fit for TV, but then the original creator wasn't too happy about that, so he took it to Studio Dean to have them more closely follow the exact pacing of the light novels, and that also leads you into why there's a big pacing issue with season two. Yeah. So, meddling meddling creators. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the stuff I do like in the series is just that it's like, they, they very much play up the fact that you are in a world that is based on a video game, and not just, like, trapped in like a regular fantasy world yeah like, for sure you can you can die and then just get revived it's like there's i mean there's some uh they talk about later how that might actually have some consequences but 
it's just like it's not just hey you die and well you're dead yeah <laughs> it's like it's an actual video game mechanic and also like I-, I love it it's like one of the early arcs deals with it's like it's like one of the first arcs deals like with an actual like big fight at the end of it but like the next arc instead of actually fighting like you know with swords and all that stuff the the fight takes place with uh money and uh permissions management yeah <laughs> that was definitely a weird ending to that arc i was like wow that's yeah so i was just like i i did love log horizon a lot for how it actually played with the fact that it's a video game world and there are all these actual mechanics in a video game world or like at one point, one of the characters like tasks another character like, "All right, these people are low level. You need to train them." And the guy's like, "So I can just go power level them, right?" He's like, "No, no, 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 no. <laughs> we actually need them to learn how to, you know, fight." Like, "Oh, damn it! I can't just power level them." Yeah, yeah, because that was the other thing too. Is like people sort of needed to relearn how to fight because like you could, it's like you, menus still existed, but it's not actually how you use skills. Like you actually had to physically like use your body to use the skill instead of just selecting in a menu so yeah that was like one of the big transitional things people were doing in the beginning mm-hmm. the show also has like a huge cast of characters it just gets like bigger and bigger as the show goes on yep and it also makes you question people who wear glasses yes that is true <laughs> everyone who wears glasses in that show is incredibly conniving <laughs> <laughs> or at least that's what the other characters feel like. But yeah, it's it's a pretty interesting show. I I enjoyed it a lot the first time around, and I enjoyed rewatching it. So here's crossing yeah. my fingers that at some point, at the very least, he can you know keep writing the books so we can find out what was happening. Because yeah. near the end, there was but... some kind of crazy stuff going on, and I actually started reading a couple wikis just to see like. What happens to some of the characters, and because um, with all the damn foreshadowing, and then it's like, well, where, <laughs> where the hell is this going to go? And yeah. so it's it was kind of cool to read some of that. And there's not a whole lot past what they animated, so it'd be nice to get some more books too. Yeah. Oh, I, I was mentioned one other thing about it that it was great playing with game mechanics, and they they actually address of what happens if. You transport everybody into the actual MMO. What happens to bots? Yeah. <laughs> well, kind like they, of. Yeah, I mean, they they do have one character that was actually a heal bot in the real world, and it was just like, oh, wait a minute. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. I thought you were talking about the one the one person's alt. Uh, no. No, it was, like, in that one side story sort of arc that deals with, like, other people, uh-huh. like, that that one healer is actually, like, a heal bot, which is why it's, like, that character's always just sort of walking up to people and asking them if they need heals. The one thing that I thought was weird is that it just so happens that all of the kids who transported into the world were also low level. So it's like, <laughs> hey, my guild is made up of these kids who also happen to be low level, so we need to train them and teach them and all this stuff. And also how freaking weird the uh, leveling system in the game is. Because it's like, they're considered beginners, but they're like level 30. 
And it's like, the game only goes up to level 90. You'd think that by level 30, you'd know how to basically play the game. But apparently they're still, like, complete idiots who can't play anything. Can't, you know, form a party. Which I always thought was a little bit weird. Yeah, well... I'm not as sure about other MMOs, but, I mean, comparing it to 14, like... The base game, you only got up to 50, so, I mean, at 30 was, you could still be playing main story and not know as much, but it's just like, past 50, every 10 levels is an expansion worth of levels, so it's kind of comparable to those first 1 to 50, so it kind of goes on a big curve there. Mm -hmm. So I I can imagine it being the same thing, because, like, it's not like this was a new game that this happened to, it's like, in fact, even... Like, the whole, this whole happens, like, when a new expansion comes out. Yeah. I think at some point they said the game had been around for, like, eight years or something. But, but yeah, yeah, that's a good show. That's about it for Animu. Uh, I mean, I've seen Star Wars twice. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that as well. Yeah. But, uh, it might be a little too soon to talk about all that spoilery stuff. Well, I wouldn't talk about spoilers, obviously. But I will say yeah. I enjoyed it, and... I enjoyed it more the second time, too. Except for one part. Which kind of gets... Kind of drags the middle of the, the movie. But I don't want to spoil much, so I will leave it at that. Yeah. I guess I will also just say, I enjoyed it, and I, I just go into it with no expectations. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah. For me, I'm still watching everything I talked about before, but I also managed to pick up a couple other things that finally crossed my... or managed to start watching. Um, one of them being uh, Land of the Lustrous, which I'm about to explain it, and it sounds weird as hell. <laughs> if it's the one I think it uh, is, then yes. It's like, uh, so sentient gems live on the planet Earth and are fighting off uh, aliens from the moon that are trying to capture them. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I was like, I, I read that description, I was like, what? <laughs> what is this actually about? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, like, the first couple episodes, also, it's like, the main character you follow is not the most uh, go-getter of them, so can be a little slow in the beginning, but um, yeah, watching the main character, like, actually learn stuff so far of, like, and grow is been actually really good and uh, another polarizing thing about the show is that uh, it's actually 3D CGI animated mm-hmm. instead of, like, the traditional 2D stuff which, you know, can also be a point for some people but it has, like, Which, a really weird, like, rendering style to it to make them all look like they're kind of, you know, the gems or crystals or whatever. Right? Yeah, it, it really comes out on their hair that mm-hmm. where they're, like, gem... Like, you can really tell their gems are also when uh, they, they uh, break apart from various things, be it combat or the fact that some of the gems are just really weak gems, so even just sort of trying to pick up something heavy, their arms just sort of come off. What? <laughs> okay. 
Yeah. I mean, generally, they don't. They know, like, their own... Like, they talk about hardness. Like, the diamond is a hardness of ten. And, like, the main character is a hardness of three. <laughs> so they have power levels built into the show. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, it's it's based off of real gems. Yeah, so. yeah. Power levels with a real-world uh, analog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the other interesting parts is that because they're sentient rocks, they're actually they are immortal. But um, their memories are actually stored throughout their entire body. So like, there's actually worry like if someone like lost an arm, that it was. I mean, they can kind of remake it from certain things but there is like that's like okay well uh you might have actually just sort of forgotten about a couple people because those memories were in that arm weird yeah um but yeah i mean as i was saying it was like the 3d animation it's definitely the best i've seen so far watching like the few shows throughout the years like, I think the first 3D one I really watched was Knights of Sidonia, which, when they were in the mechs, it looked perfectly fine. Though, a lot of mechs nowadays are 3G animated. Or, three, yeah, 3D animated. Yeah. But, um, yeah, every, like, sometimes when there was just the actual characters walking around, it could get a little awkward. And then, uh, I think the only other one I really watched was how did you pronounce that? Bubuki Baranki? I think it was. You didn't watch that one with the submarines, did you? Oh, yeah, that I knew I was forgetting one. Yeah. Yeah. Which... How was the name of that show? on the name. Shay, we need <laughs> Which, you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or the suspect. hilarious suspect part is that, that, like... <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the best part is that we, in our guild... Or a free company in Final Fantasy fourteen, like you can make. We have like four airships for stuff. We named all the airships after sub the submarines in that show. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, the there are times when I'm watching it that I honestly don't remember that it's CGI animated. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, it's it's really nice to see that that technology er, has progressed. But yeah, I would definitely recommend the show. It might seem a little slow in the beginning, but yeah, it's definitely really gets going. Um, let's see what else am I watching? Oh, <laughs> another er, here's an interesting series that uh, Garo Vanishing Line, and that. Uh, this didn't start out as an animated series. It actually started out as a live-action show. Really? I, yeah. I knew it was a continuation of something, but I didn't realize it was a continuation of a live-action show. Yeah, I mean, continuation, I don't know is the right word, because it's, it's just sort of like the same themes, but different setting and people. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, they're, the first animated show came out two years ago. But the the live action show I think was like ten years ago. Hmm. But yeah, anywho, it's about um, they're uh, sort of I guess demons or whatever they're called horrors from the netherworld, and they uh, try to prey on like the darkness in people's hearts, take over their bodies. Persona and 
<laughs> not, 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 not quite like that. But, um, yeah, so, you know, they enjoy eating humans. Not, not a great thing. <laughs> but the, uh, the heroes are called, uh, Makai Knights. The, uh, uh, biggest one being Garo, the Golden Knight. Cause he, his armor is all gold. Go figure. But, um, yes, this one actually is set in a fairly, uh, current times New York setting. Which, I mean, the previous one I watched was in, like, Spain during the Inquisition. So, kind of a big difference in thing. Yeah, I would not expect that. (laughs) But yeah, so this one is, there's actually some sort of mysterious organization or place called El Dorado that they're currently trying to figure out about. Seems to be uh, the biggest thing right now. Like, one of the main characters, like, their older brother was, like, disappeared, and that was the last clue that she had. So she's been looking for it and kind of starts running into these Makai Knights. And, yeah, it's some pretty good combat, as well as themes. But, yeah, it's just really interesting when you think, it's like, wait, this was a live-action show? (laughs) Then the last thing is... uh Technically anime? I, I don't, it's, I'm not gonna get into the justifications, but, uh, Ruby. I don't know if anyone's heard of this, but it's, it's actually by Rooster Teeth. We've, we've talked about and, it on uh, here before, I think, haven't we? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's in Blaze Blue now, so. True. But yeah, it's, uh, they're on their fifth season now, which, uh, is, uh, yeah, it's, picking up right after the fourth season which, yeah, that fourth season dealt with a time jump because something big happened and the characters are still kind of scattered after the events of the end of season three and season four they're starting to pick the pieces back up and season five sees uh, them actually uh, getting back together, meeting up which is nice to see characters interacting with each other again. But yeah, it's... do really enjoy the action in that show, which is... has a very good rhythm to it, which is... it's... yeah. <laughs> Some very crazy things happen in that show, like, the main character has a scythe that transforms into a gun, and she also can move really fast. Or another character that... <laughs> is gets powered up when they get hit by lightning and also has a grenade launcher that also turns into a hammer. That one's 3D too, so... Man, you're just going all over the 3D CG stuff. (laughs) But yeah, it's... Yeah, it's... If you're looking at the story in the very beginning, it can get very... It can seem a little generic and the the dialogue is not that great, but... It definitely, uh, by season three and four, it definitely, like, has picked it up, and it's really nice to watch. Cool. Yeah, that about does it for me. Alright, well, uh, now's the time for the anime of the month, and since last month was your pick, this time it's my pick, and I'm going with Tiger and Bunny, which, also 3D CG. (laughs) 
back when this was airing, I want to say it was back in like 2006, 2008. I don't know. But uh, we were joking that it was Japan finally understanding the uh, buddy cop. Because this is um, basically a world where there are superheroes, people who have different superpowers. And it follows this older superhero who someone else joins their kind of like superhero group that has the same power as him. And so they kind of end up being forced to team up with each other. And so it's kind of – that's the the buddy copness of it where you have this old kind of curmudgeon guy who's been around for a while and then this, you know, young upcomer, newcomer that's, you know, still kind of learning his powers and everything. Um, and the, the really weird thing is that the way that the world is built is that superheroes basically have a, like a contract with the television studios. So when they're out fighting crimes, the different telev- – or the television studio that they're with will – uh, record it all and then air it, and they'll basically you know get money from the ratings and whatnot, which is also kind of funny because if you watch it, um, the broadcast version, all of the superheroes have armor that have like logos on them, um, and they actually like I think got different companies to, I don't know if they actually paid for the sponsorship in the show, but it's kind of funny because all the logos on the characters are you know real companies so, like. Bandai is on one guy's shoulder, and I don't know. I forget what else is on everything else, but they all have you know these different real-world logos on their armor, which is kind of funny. Part of the thing that got me thinking about the show, though, is that it recently got added to Netflix, and they actually went back in and took out all the logos on the armor. What? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if they wow. like re-rendered every episode without the logos or what, but it's just kind of funny. Like I don't know if they just couldn't... You know, some companies like we don't want our logo on Netflix or something, but yeah, all the all the advertising on the armor is gone. But yeah, it was a, it was a good show. It's obviously joking about the the buddy cop thing, but it's also unique in that there aren't a whole lot of anime that feature like a single dad as a protagonist. But hey, here's you know uh, Kotetsu with he has a daughter and he's single and this old guy. So it's kind of like the antithesis of a lot of what you would normally see in anime, and especially in an action anime. And there's obviously a lot of fighting because it's superheroes and everything. But it's a really fun series. The characters are all uh, and really interesting and fun to watch. And the the plot is kind of so-so, just kind of normal superhero stuff, different villains that have different plans for doing things, but... It's really kind of the interaction between especially the two main characters who are obviously nicknamed Tiger and Bunny who kind of carry the show. It's also got a lot of uh, female fans who like to ship the two of them together because of course it does. (laughs) Of course it does. Yep. Yeah. So, anime of the month, Tiger and Bunny. It is on Netflix and I think a few other services but recently got added to Netflix so... Give it a shot if you want. It's, I want to say it's like 20-something episodes, so not too long. But yeah. And then, uh, because it's the last episode of the year, I figured we could do Topic of the Month and maybe just toss out one or two Game of the Year or Anime of the Year. So, got any thoughts, Wyatt? Game of the Year? You know. Uh, <laughs> I mean... I, I guess I'll just go with this is sort of my game of the year just 
because I, I don't want to pick some of the bigger stuff. <laughs> but I actually I kind of forgot that it came out because it came out in January. And I mean, technically, it came out in Japan last year, last year, but it came out for us in January. But uh, Tales of Basaria. Okay. Which was, uh, I mean, it was just really, I just really loved that game because it was like an, uh, like JRPG that had actual, like, some good fantasy elements in it, or fantasy story. Mm-hmm. And honestly, up until that point, I just was like, felt disappointed by a lot of the JRPGs I'd played on the PS4 up to that point. And hmm. yes, I'm including Final Fantasy XV. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, 15 just never really did it for me, and I mean, a lot of even the previous Tales games were also not that great lately. That series can fluctuate wildly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tales of Viserio just just had really, really good story for me, and the gameplay felt actually more intuitive than the previous game, which... Just felt more like a chore because, my god, the amount of skills or passives that you could put on your equipment and how they interacted with each other was a nightmare to deal with. (laughs) But yeah, and I mean, yeah, previous Tales games, their stories haven't been as great for me lately, but yeah, Tales of Basaria, man, if you want to see a character just have a pretty big mental break at one point, and then it gets dealt with. It just... Wow. For what happened in that story. <laughs> to that main character. But yeah, I mean, it just... Yeah, I just really did like that game, and actually kind of forgot that it was this year. Yeah, this year really had a lot. Like, I did a, a tweet a few days ago where I put in my top ten, and I was like, man, I forgot this game came out this year. Oh, I forgot that game came out this year. Oh, and that too? Jeez. <laughs> it was a pretty pretty loaded year. So yeah, Tales of Basaria is my game of the year for really helping me enjoy JRPGs again. <laughs> and I mean, Persona 5 definitely helped follow it up and continue that. I mean, I won't den- I won't say that was a bad game, because that, that I did enjoy Persona 5 as well. Yeah. Well, for my game of the year, um, I actually... I would have to say it's Persona 5. Um, there were a lot of other great games. Uh, I loved Gravity Rush 2 and Horizon and all that kind of stuff, but Persona 5 was just, like, a game that I sat down and I played 90 hours with, like, out even blinking in an eye. Like, a lot of, some of the other games, even if I really enjoy them, I'm just so busy that I, I'm acutely aware of the time I'm spending playing it, and it's like, I'll check my time, and it's like, oh, wow, I'm at 10 hours, I totally thought I'd play more of it. But Persona 5 was kind of the opposite, where it was like, I just wanted to play it all the time, and then, you know, I'd get done with a session and be like, wow, that felt like, you know, two hours, but it was actually five hours, because I was just enjoying it so much. So, definitely had to be Persona 5 for me. Like, I love the characters, I love the story, I love the combat, and definitely the style. All that style. All that style. And the music, which will be great when the dancing game comes out next year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, yeah, both Tales of Viserys and Persona 5 both had times where I was, like, playing them up until 3 a.m., not knowing that it was 3 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. I did that with Persona 5. I actually did that with Gravity Rush 2 as well a couple times. But Persona 5 was... It was just so good. I 
I mean, I loved four, but I really love five too, and I really can't wait to see what they do next as far as the Persona series goes. I was really hoping for an arena game so you could actually see like Persona Five characters now interacting with Persona Three and Four characters. I, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, obviously they're working yeah. on Dragon Ball Z right now, and then the Blaze Blue thing. But that's the Blaze Blue crossover game is like they're basically just ripping the sprites from the other games and sticking them into a new one. <laughs> um, but I would not be too surprised if at some point we saw them move it to a 3D style like. Dragon Ball and, like, uh, Guilty Gear, and if they did a Persona 5 arena, maybe with, like, one or two recurring characters, because, you know, it'll take a little bit of time to model all the old characters, but that'd definitely be cool. How about anime? Got a got a top anime for 2017? Ah, so much aired. I It's hard to pick one. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean... Easiest one, I think, to pick would be Made in the Abyss. Yep. (laughs) Thought you might say that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was a really great adventure anime. Uh, I guess more... Another pick, too, was... um, In the beginning of the year, a show called Akka, which was just sort of dealt with the politics of this one, I don't know if you call it a nation or country. It was, like, made up of, like, 13 different districts that were sort of also their own country. But, yeah, it was an interesting little, I guess, political thriller. Hmm. Actually, I didn't watch that one, so... Yeah, it, uh... (laughs) In the first few episodes, you'll have no idea what the actual overarching story is. They just sort of, like, put you in there, and you're just sort of following this guy's job. Huh. And it's... <laughs> I mean, it can definitely be confusing, but I, I definitely liked how it played out and just visiting all these different locations. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like, definitely a little contrast than going down into a giant hole and seeing different creatures and such. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Well, for me, I had... spectrum there. Huh? I would say, like, a little two spectrums there. Yeah. Well, I kind of had the same thing, where it was, like, a few of my favorites were, like, Kobayashi's Dragon Maid and Your Name, which were, you know, one of them was kind of a slice of life, another one was more of a drama. Um, But I think my favorite was also Made in Abyss. Um, It was just such a good show from, like, beginning to end. And even the ending was, like good, but also open enough where, you know, they could keep going. Like, I was satisfied, but at the same time still wanting more, which is kind of a hard thing to do, I think. Uh, actually, <laughs> you talk about wanting more, but uh, I believe a second season was actually announced. Yeah, I think it was. Um, certainly he's been popular enough. It's been one of the most talked about shows I've seen um, this year, so... Usually a good sign, but then again, we're talking about the Western audience, and there's also the Japanese audience that has a little bit more dictation over what uh, ends up getting a second season. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think it. Yeah, it, it just we don't have a date, but I think they did say that they were working on it. Okay, definitely. So, yeah. look forward to that. 
Was uh, Recreators on your short list? Uh, yeah, that was also a top anime of the year for me. I remember you were talking about it last time that you really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's always hard to just pick one for sure. But yeah, Re- Recreators is on the top list of stuff I really enjoyed this year. Yeah, when I when I did a couple lists on my social media, I was like. I'm just going to list 10, and I'm not going to put them in any order. And even then, I was going, oh, well, but this is good, too, so I want it in my top 10. But then I'd have to cut something, and these other things are also good. Like, it was it was hard picking. There was a lot of good video games, a lot of good anime this year. Yeah. I think another really good show for me, but was also very pol- polarizing, was, um, how was that pronounced? Yojo Senki? Or also, no, I think it was like Tan- Saga of Tanya the Evil, which if you, if you only watch the first episode, it it is uh, very <laughs> awkward <laughs> because uh, it's like the first episode uh, has like you're following the main character is like a ten fifteen year old girl who is like in the military and it's like can use magic and is very very mean. <laughs> <laughs> But then, uh, yeah, if you, like, the next couple of episodes go into the fact that it's actually a real, or, like, someone in, like, uh, real-time Japan that, like, just was about to die. And, uh, so, it's like, right as he's dying, like, sort of God comes to talk to him. But the guy's not, not exactly into... God and everything. So, the other best part is like God's kind of a dick, <laughs> and so he actually like reincarnates the guy in this alternate world as the you know like starts out as like a kid, like girl, but then it's just like so like God's trying to like reincarnate him because he wants him to actually like try to like praise or him or whatever. So he just like makes his, God just like, makes this guy's life really miserable. <laughs> but then it's like the whole thing is like he's just fighting against the things that the he sets in motion. And uh yeah, so it turns out to be this one guy trying to not or or fight against God fucking with him. Huh. There's a lot of shows like that recently it was like die and then the gods like, "Oh, I got to send you somewhere." Like that, Knights and Magic and Konosuba and yeah, but this is yeah, it's definitely not uh, like a video game world or anything that yeah, they get sent yeah. to. It's uh, very much it's like what was that set in like kind of a World War One era, mm-hmm. but with magic because anime. <laughs> yeah. I definitely remember seeing the reactions of a lot of people dropped it after the first episode, but it's just like. Yeah, if you actually, like, kept watching, it was like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> cool. Well, I guess uh, we can call it for the episode then. It'd be a little bit of a yeah. shorter one. So if you want to get a hold of us a few different ways, you can, of course, uh, go to the Twitters. And we have the at uh, SideQuestCast. There's also the email, SideQuest, at PSNation.com. This post will be on the main PS Nation page if you found us somewhere else. You can always leave us a comment there or go to the forum. Um, 
I apparently forgot to put up a thread for the last episode, so I will try to remember that this time. And if it is up there, you can comment there, and we will read it. Maybe end up on the show or something. But uh, until then, I guess uh, get out there, play some games, have a great uh, end of the year, great holiday season, and uh, see you in 2018. Yep. See you next year.